Give God 90. Radio on demand this time. Uh, on Thursday nights, we do a live, uh, not just on Spreaker podcast, but we also do a Facebook live at the same time. Uh, and of course, it's always fun to to get to see all the comments that everybody leaves. It's, it's just a whole lot of fun that we have on Thursday nights as I try to uh, bring you something interesting as well. But uh, on Mondays, of course, you know, I, I pre-record these and uh, try to make them a little more thought-provoking, a little more in-depth. And the reason I do these pre-recorded is because it gives me a chance to listen to it. And if I said something I shouldn't have said, I can go back and uh, correct it a lot of times. Sometimes I leave it in there to see if anybody's listening, too. But I go back and correct most of it and... Uh, it just kind of keeps me out of trouble that way. <clears throat> I want to thank everyone so very much for all the likes, all the shares, all of the, the ways that you are helping uh, get this out. Um, I want to let everyone know that we have people visiting the givegodnani.com from all over the world. Uh, we have people from China that have visited. And when I look at the statistics for that uh, particular website, I can go in, I can see the regions they visit from. Uh, and it is ever growing, getting more and more folks from Western Europe all the time. Um, not sure how that works, but it works and it shows it. And that's where we're looking at. I get um, private messages on, uh, you know, I'm on uh, a couple of different uh, social media th- type, uh, things and I get messages through uh, Facebook and uh, MeWe and some others from all over the world. Uh, Ukraine, uh, Uganda, Syria, uh, places I can't say, okay? <laughs> There's places that, that this gets to that, well, that just shouldn't. If uh, some of those uh, governments knew where this was going. They would probably do things to make us stop going there. And uh, so I don't want to get anybody in any kind of hot water or in trouble or anything. But just know that this is going around the world. Now, everybody who listens to me knows that I say the first place we ought to be is out the door and down the street. And as much as it um, fascinates me, that we are going around the world, it fascinates me even more when I am out and people recognize me, not just because of uh, Give God 90, but they also know that I am associated with Messianic Delaware and some other things. And, um, you know, not too terribly long ago, we were out and uh, someone recognized me and, or thought they recognized me and asked me who I was and they said, did you write the book? And I said, yes, I've written books. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. You know, it just gives gives me a good feeling knowing that there's things out there that people appreciate. Uh, I had a couple of instances now, and the first time this happened, it, it kind of took me by surprise. But we were out, and uh, a person looked at me, thought they recognized me, brought my... Uh, profile up on their Facebook page and they said excuse me is this you and I'm looking at a picture of me on their phone and I'm like yes ma'am that's me um 
Can I help you with something? She says, no, I just wanted to make sure it was you so I could say thank you. And, you know, it just really, uh, that really just touches me in ways that nobody can would ever imagine. I never really wanted to be a public figure, never really uh, wanted any of, of the publicity that goes with this. I simply just am putting this message out that we need to live the way the Almighty designed us to live. And I'm doing it every way I can uh, simply because that is, that's what I've been given to do, apparently. Uh, and it just continues to work um, today. Something that that is creating a little bit of a controversy in some churches, but I don't want to, I don't want to approach it as that. Okay. Um, Should Christians celebrate the Jewish holy days? And maybe I should ask it a different ways. Are Christians obligated to observe these appointed times? You know, I I don't want to get caught up in, you know, uh, how to celebrate or, you know, when they are, why they are. But what I want to look at and what I want to focus on is are Christians obligated to observe and learn about these times and should they celebrate them? Typically, uh, a lot of times Christians are going to say, well, you know, those are Jewish things. Those are for the Jews. We don't have anything to do with that. And, um, you know, it amazes me that, that Christians want to take that position. And I'll get to a little bit of that in a moment. Well, and actually a couple of moments. Because something that they point to, something that they point to uh, is found in Romans 3 and another in Isaiah. <clears throat> but before they get to those, what they should be reading is actually Genesis 1. Because in Genesis chapter 1, they're going to learn that our Creator designed and placed these appointed times in his creation two days before Adam was created. He knew what was coming down, you know, what he knew what he was going to do. He knew what was going to come down the road. And he, on day four, put in place his calendar in the sun and the moon and the stars two days before Adam was created. Do you think it was important? Do you really think it was important that he did this? Now, they're going to argue that these are Jewish feasts, but God never relinquishes ownership of these feasts. They're outlined in Leviticus 23. And if you really are are interested, go to Leviticus 23. You'll learn what these feasts or what these appointed times are and what you're going to find out is it always says these are mine he never ever relinquishes ownership now in Romans chapter 3 uh, verse 1 and 2 we, we read what Paul writes he says what's the advantage of being Jewish or what is the benefit of circumcision well much in every way first of all they were entrusted with the sayings of God. Now, 
what Paul is writing is that the Jews were given the responsibility, they were given the job, okay, of making sure not just these feasts stay safe and, and maintained and doing uh, what they were supposed to be doing with that, but everything that Christians consider the Old Testament, the tribe of Judah was given the responsibility of making sure all of that stayed as close to the original as possible. Okay, now we know some of it's been uh, gotten lost through the ages or been uh, mistranslated here or there. Some things have been tweaked here or there. But for the most part, for the majority of the part, okay, it has not changed since Moses wrote it down. <clears throat> There's so many things there that Moses wrote, uh, that Isaiah spoke, that David spoke, and the tribe of Judah was entrusted. That we actually owe them a huge debt of thanks and gratitude, you know, for making sure that that these things remained intact. Okay. Uh, that's one of the arguments was it was in, in Romans chapter 3. They said, oh, it was just given to the Jews. Well, it wasn't given to them. It, the, it was entrusted for their safekeeping. Okay? Another, but another argument that Christians use is found in Isaiah chapter 1. Uh, in verse 13 and 14, it says, you know, Bring no more empty oblations. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I can't... I can't deal with it. It's lawlessness. It's lawlessness. Your new moons and appointed feasts my soul hates. They are trouble to me, and I am weary of bearing them. Now, it sounds like, if you're just a casual reader, that he says, you know, all these things we've been doing, all of a sudden he hates. But we need to notice a word a word in Isaiah, one word, specifically one word. Your new moons, your Sabbaths. Do you see where I'm going with that? Your new moon. Now in Leviticus 23, you're going to read, he says, these are mine. They belong to me. The Almighty speaking in Isaiah, the Almighty speaking in Leviticus and in Leviticus, he says, my feasts, my things, my, mine, what I designed two days before I created Adam. In Isaiah, the Almighty speaking, and he says, your. There's a difference here. His feasts remain intact. His feasts remain uh, forever. But in Isaiah, he's saying what you've turned them into, what you've done, what you're doing. Everything you do is against me, and I'm tired of it. Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah can't be used as a reason to deny celebrating these feasts. Okay, they, they, It just can't be done. When you actually understand it and you actually read it for what it says... The Almighty's times that he appointed two days before the creation of Adam belong to him. He has given the safekeeping 
to the tribe of Judah. But it's the responsibility, it's the responsibility of everyone who considers the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their God, to make sure they understand, they observe, and they learn about these things. Sometimes we get so caught up with what we think we know that we read over uh, important information, right? It's terrible. You know, a lot of times, well, my mother used to say, if I'd ask her a question, well, everybody knows that, you know, and I've talked about that before. You know, Mom, why don't we do this? Well, that's for those folks. Everybody knows that, right? Well, we read our Bibles sometimes with this bias in our mind. We become bigoted towards the Word of God. Now, that's strong words right there. When I say the people who read the Bible become bigoted towards the Word of God, meaning we want what we th- we. We want it to say what we want it to say, and we don't care what it really says. Right? That, that's what I'm saying there. We have this, this mental block when we're reading that we want to filter what we just know is the truth into what God says is the truth. Right? The two can't match. The two can't meet. Our truth cannot be God's truth unless, unless and until we accept God's truth as our truth. You know, I can argue with God all day long. It's not going to do any good because God's going to say, it's going to be my way. His way, not mine. You know, God's way, not Jerry's way. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter how deeply I may be convicted on something or how much I am convinced something's a certain way, the Almighty says, no, it's my way. Now, I do want to touch on a little something here about the way we celebrate because it's obvious today that not everybody who should go to Jerusalem to celebrate these things would even fit in Jerusalem, okay? It's just, just logistically impossible. There's not enough room uh, yet, okay? There's not enough room yet in Jerusalem for everyone to fit who should be there. There will be in the future. So maybe Christians would ask, well, why would a Christian celebrate a certain time that their creator's appointed specifically before Adam was created? After all, don't Christians have, you know, they don't really have anything to do with the Old Testament, right? We're, we're all this, we're all about the New Testament and that old stuff. Eh, it, you know, it was for them. It, you know, that, it was okay for those folks, but we don't really need it today. There was a pastor uh, near where I grew up years ago. I'm not sure if he's even still alive. Uh, But he used to promote this thing called New Testament Christianity. And New Testament Christianity, if it happened before Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, he didn't care. The New Testament was all he needed. (laughs) Boy, he would... 
he would promote this stuff. And if somebody asked him a question about what it said in Isaiah, if somebody asked him, yeah, we, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it says. Well, I'm going to disagree with him. I almost said his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with this fellow because it does matter what Isaiah said. It does absolutely matter what what David said. It matters even what Micah said. It even matters what Zechariah and the rest of them said. All of it is important. All of it is relevant. All of it's relevant. Peter writes something very specific. Now, I'm not sure how this pastor would deal with the question that I would ask. Peter writes in in 1 Peter 2.21 that even now you are called because Christ suffered. Okay? Leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Now Peter does a lot of things and he builds up to what he's saying here. And he's saying that we should do the things that, that where he's saying Yeshua is our example. Jesus is our example, okay? That's what he's saying. And we should do what he did. Well, how many times in the New Testament do we read that he goes to celebrate these certain times, these appointed times? He even went to the Feast of Dedication, what we call Hanukkah. But yet, Christians say we don't want anything to do with these Jewish feasts. But Jesus from the tribe of Judah was our example. Paul says if we accept the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we become part of that family. We are grafted in. We're adopted by the Almighty Himself. So we should follow the example that Jesus sets forth. If we do that, we're going to look in, and I'm not going to tell you how many times. Get, you know, do a little bit of study, do a little bit of research, look it up. How many times Yeshua went to a feast? How many times did he celebrate at these feasts? There's a lot of them in there, okay? Yeshua from the tribe of Judah. And in Christians, I'm going to speak to you specifically. If you want to reflect what he did and you want to bring him into your life and follow his example, maybe you should be celebrating these holy days, these set-apart days that our Creator designed for us. Maybe you should celebrate his days and leave some of these other days alone, right? Maybe it's possible that you should be doing the things that he says to do. You know, Yeshua said, if you love me, do what? He didn't say, have a Merry Christmas. He didn't say, if you love me, you know, go to that sunrise Easter service. He says, if you love me, obey. And when you think about what we're to obey, 
Um, what is his commands, Christians? If you claim that he is God, what are his commands? If he says you celebrate on the days that I appoint, but you're not doing that, are you being obedient or are you being rebellious? If you say, I love my Savior, but refuse to do the things he's asking you to do to prove your love, where does that leave you? When you stand at the foot of the throne of judgment, and you say, but I did all these things for you. And he's going to say, what did you do for me? You did them for you. You'd much rather go to your celebrations. You'd much rather celebrate your way. You wanted to do things the way you wanted to do them. But you refused to do the things I asked you to do. You refused my appointed times, my holy days that I set apart. That I took my time to design two days before I designed man. Think about that. The answer to the question, should Christians observe and celebrate and learn about these set-apart times, is absolutely yes. They, you need to understand them. You need to dedicate them. Paul writes in Hebrews that these are shadow pictures of good things to come. Not the, not the actual things, but they're rehearsals. They're getting ready. They're showing us. They're demonstrating to us what the Messiah is going to look like, how he's going to appear, what he's going to do, and how we are to respond. That's what these things are for. The Almighty designed them not to give us some binding, strapped-down, slave-type um, oppression. He designed them so that we would be free to celebrate, so that we would be free to observe, so that we would be free to learn about what He's going to do. And what He's going to do is He's going to Provide us a way to reunite with him. That's what it's all about. You know, when, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden because they messed up. I mean, they just flat out blew it, right? The Almighty kicked them out of the garden. And he said, now I have to do something Right? Now I have to do something. Not that you can earn your way back, because you never can earn your way back. But now I'm going to do something, the Almighty says, where you will be free to return. We can't earn it. We can't do anything except receive the blessings He wants to give us. So that we are free to return to his perfection. I hope that makes sense. Let me say that a little bit differently. <clears throat> the Almighty ejected Adam and Eve from the garden. He then understood, he knew, and he put a system in place. 
where we could not earn our way back into the garden. We could not earn our way back into perfection. He said, all you have to do is you have to receive the blessings that I'm going to give you. You've got to go through the motions of receiving these blessings. How do you receive those blessings? You're obedient to doing the things he wants you to do. You live the way you're designed to live. You will receive the blessings and then, then you will be free to return to him and his perfection. It's that simple. It's that easy. It's not always about me, me, me. It's about him, him, him. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if I can explain that any more simply than I've just done. I will try maybe sometime in the future. But really, if you are part of one of these churches that that really has a negative view about these days that, that the Almighty has set apart for us, um, contact me. Okay? I will be more than happy to come and... Um, as I said last night, I will walk through my Nineveh, okay, and I will uh, address your concerns. I will do what I can to bring you back in line with what the Almighty has a desire for you to do. Um, just just let me know, contact me, and uh, I will be happy to come speak uh, anywhere that I am invited, as long as I'm welcome there. Just check with your pastors first. Make sure that I am going to be uh, welcome to speak. Otherwise, uh, there is a way around. I will speak to a smaller crowd, not a problem. I can do that. Just let me know and we can work something out. Uh, I, I enjoy getting in front of people and telling them that they can improve their lives doing nothing other than living the way the Almighty designed them to live. All right? All that being said, the fall feasts are coming up. Uh, as Actually, this is going to be released the day after what most people know as Rosh Hashanah. Uh, a lot of people now actually going back to calling it um, Yom Teruah, uh, the day of shouting. And that will begin a series of fall feasts that are really an exciting time if you understand Leviticus 23. Folks, I can't tell you how excited I am to be in, in part of this time of year again. It's just wonderful. I love it. It's great. If you really want to understand what creation meant and what Revelation is going to mean, you've got to understand these fall feasts because it is just <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure. There's an English word that that will describe how truly revealing these things are. Until next week, I hope you have a most blessed week. Receive many, many blessings, and we will see you again live on Thursday.